What's up, everybody? You're on Money Moves, and I'm Michael Munsterman. Today's episode is Don't Change. Okay, so an episode called Don't Change. Like that's a message that is completely contradictory to what everybody else in the world is screaming at you right now. Everybody's talking about self-help, getting better, changing who you are, evolving into the next best person. And here's the thing. I'm suggesting to you when I say don't change, that something's wrong with that concept, that you shouldn't change. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm speaking more specifically to don't try to be something that you're not. And I see this happening a lot right now. There are so many people in the marketplace who are saying, hey, if you follow me down this path, I will dramatically change your life. Like, I'm going to take you on a weight loss journey. I'm going to take you on a muscle building journey. I'm going to take you, if you want to make money, follow me into Forex. Or, hey, look at me. I'm in real estate and I make a ton of money in real estate. Let me teach you the secrets to real estate. But the fact is, is that every single person listening to this, you have two things that differentiate you from everyone else. Now, there's a multitude of things that differentiate you, that make you different, that make you special, that make you an individual. But I want to specifically focus on two things, and that is your passions and your giftings. And don't get too caught up in the word giftings. It might be skills. This might be something that you've honed and you've practiced and you've gotten better, and it's not just like a gift, something you just opened and received. But I'm talking about what are you good at and what are you passionate about? Because I believe that inside of finding peace and happiness, finding a place where you execute your life inside of a lane where every single day you wake up, you're on fire for your day, you're on fire for your relationships, you're on fire for just like everything. Like when I get up in the morning, I don't drag out of bed, I spring out of bed. Because I've figured out that inside of my passions, my passion for helping people and my giftings, my ability to communicate, that I found a place that I'm extremely comfortable in, in operating. When I get to come in and jump into a podcast and share with you revelations that I have, that either I've paid to, to be taught to me from, from a mentor, or whether I've experienced in my course of business, or maybe I just experienced it yesterday and I had this revelation inside of just operating throughout the normal course of my day, I believe that my gift set is to take that and make it, make it applicable for somebody else, ideally for you. So as you're listening to this or watching this and you're thinking, what's he talking about? Here's at, at its simplest form, I want you to take a second and ask yourself this question. What am I good at? And what do I give a crap about? Like, what is the thing that if you lined up 20 of my friends and said, what's he good at or what's she good at? They would say this. And, and that's a really good barometer because people, especially the people immediately around you, know what you put out into the world. Like when they talk to you, they'll notice things about you that you're, and you probably already know, but if you just need that verbal affirmation that, hey, you know what? You're really good at this thing over here. 
Like for me, I have people, wow, you, you're really motivating or wow. You really understand whenever I talk to you about something, you, like you just have a way of dissecting what I say and, and, and flipping it around and making it like taking what it is I'm thinking and what I mean and, and articulating it clearly. Like I have people that say to me that, that I just have this sense about their businesses and, and I see operationally how to help them and, and just they're dumbfounded because when they look at their companies or when they look at their hustles or their businesses or, or whatever it is, they can't see simple mechanics that whenever I walk in and look at it, I think, wow, that's kind of off a little bit. What if you did this? Or have you thought about shifting that? So inside of your world, the two questions are, what am I good at? And who can I go to find out, like get some real feedback if I don't already know? And then just internally, no one can answer this for you. What am I passionate about? Because where those two intersect in your life is where you'll find happiness, peace and joy and prosperity. Like these are all words that are, are way overused and, and way underutilized. Like people say the right things, but they don't execute the right things. More often than not, people don't, they're not real about, hey, when I got out of bed this morning, because if you really could go into their worlds and look at them, it's a when I climbed out of bed this morning, when I drug myself out of bed this morning. The, the old phrase, I'm not a morning person. Well, that's absolute horse crap. It's just garbage. Because if you're truly happy with your world, and if you're truly happy with your life, and if you're truly happy with your family, and if you're happy with yourself physically, if you have all of these things, check, 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 check. Why would you ever want to spend your time in bed? It doesn't make any sense. Like I'm currently living in the greatest movie that I've ever had told to me, my own. I get to, I get to literally get up every single day and write and rewrite the script of me. And it simply falls back to this one thing. I choose to not change. I choose to not pretend to be in the real estate market. I choose to not run after Forex. Like these are good vehicles and I can use them to make money, but it's not like, that's not where my, my true heart of heart passions and skill sets lie. Can I use those other opportunities as tools? Yes. But is that where I'm going to impact the masses the greatest? And don't get it twisted. This isn't a conversation about how to make a lot of money. It's about how to be happy. A lot of people that listen to my podcast are employees. I know that because I, I interact and a lot of them reach out to me. I get a, I, I'm getting almost daily some kind of something from somebody who's just stumbled into my podcast or stumbled into our YouTube channel. Like I'm having consistent conversations with people and I'm recognizing that more people listen to my podcast that are not entrepreneurs than that are. And so even though this sounds like it could very well be about money, it's not. It's about being happy. And one of the most exhausting things you can ever do is try to put on clothes that aren't your own. You know, I, <clears throat> when we got out of the heater business, this was a, a transitional time for me because I had a period of time where I wasn't sure what I was doing with myself. I had commercial real estate and steady cash flow and plenty of money in the bank. So I, I, in my mind thought, I'm going to take a year off. We had sold a restaurant and gotten out of, like literally had sold every company we had. 
Everything that was left in the portfolio was passive income pieces that required very little management. I could work if I wanted to, I didn't have to, I could put it off for several days without repercussions from anyone, or I could hire a maintenance person for, you know, a rental property issue. Life was just very smooth and easy. And I, I had this experience with U.S. Bank. And it, it, it essentially what happened, we'd made a rather large deposit in U.S. Bank. And about two weeks later, my oldest daughter was buying her first home. And she, she, of course, went in. We transferred some money from one of our accounts that we had for her to her personal account inside of U.S. Bank. We all had the same U.S. Bank account, and that, that's what we were doing. And they put this ridiculous hold on this money. Even though they could see the family portfolio of funds inside of U.S. Bank, it was, it was $30,000, $40,000. It wasn't like a ridiculous amount of money, but they were going to put a, a, a 10-day hold on the money, maybe 15. It was long enough it pissed me off. And so my wife asked, she called me and I said, no, just go in and tell them that that's unacceptable and that they need to make the funds available so she could close on her house in the next day or two. And, and she went in and, and she was told no by a teller. And she said, that's fine. I'd like to speak to your boss. And they said, well, there's not a manager that works at this branch. And she goes, cool. I need the phone number to a district manager. I'm sorry, that's unavailable to you. Well, inside of the banking world, whenever you hit certain benchmarks or, or reach certain levels, you're assigned typically a, a specific individual that you can reference for anything. And I had one of those guys and I reached out to him. His name was Dave. And I called Dave and I said, Dave, I have an issue at one of your branches. Here's what's going on. Here's what they're saying to my family. And he said, I'm going to text you the name of the district manager so you can call him directly. And by the time we hang up the phone, the funds will be available for you and your family. I, I am so sorry for this inconvenience. Boom, 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 done, done, done. Wife's happy. Daughter's happy. I'm still pissed off. So I call this regional manager and I, I, I go on to tell him this. I said, it's really frustrating that I'm trying to do business with you because I have a relationship with these gentlemen over in this other department and I want to be a, a customer of your bank. But I don't know how this bank even operates when you can operate without a manager and, and when tellers act like, you know, cowboys in the wild, wild west and just say and do whatever they want. Do you guys even know how to operate a business? I was, I was pretty controversial. And, and he cut me off and he goes, if you think it's so easy, why don't you do it? We need a branch manager. You just said to me, hey, I don't work any longer earlier in the conversation. Why don't you come run the bank? I said, well, I, I don't even have a college degree. He said, no, no, that's fine. He said, we can teach banking, but we can't teach business. And you obviously understand business. So let us teach you banking. And I thought, yeah, sure. That sounds awesome. So I took the job. I took this job and I walked into the bank, suited up, had my tie, went and bought like, because I, I didn't have a lot of clothes that were okay bankers clothes, right? Like it's not my jam. I'm a t-shirt and blue jeans kind of a guy. And sometimes I'll, I'll throw on a, a, a nice button up like a whatever. So I went and bought clothes. I walk into the bank. I'm, I'm excited. I have my first day. I have my second day. I have my third day. And by my fifth day, I found myself dragging out of bed. Banker training was 90 days. And so mentally I committed. This is just new. You just jumped in a pool and the water still feels cold. Give, your, give yourself time to acclimate. Finish banker training. 
Give it 90 days. By week three, I was sick to my stomach. My stomach literally hurt every single day. I was being put in a room, expected to run through digital coursework. And then I was listening to the bantering of the tellers with the, with the lenders and the lenders with the branch managers and the branch manager gossiping with the, with the assistant branch manager. All of this felt like a big sewing circle and it was disgusting to me. There were arbitrary goals written on the wall with pretty little, you know, it was about Christmas time. And so they had some holly drew, drew on the corner of the whiteboard and, oh, their grass looks so beautiful. And they were taking the time to fill it out a little bit more and a little bit more. And there was a system-wise, a system-wide dollar raise for all of the tellers and all of the personal bankers. And everybody was so ecstatic and happy. And I'm scratching my head thinking, that's an extra $40 a week. I could, I could leave here and hustle $40 up on my way home. I don't understand. And more and more, my stomach just got tighter and tighter and tighter to, to where at the eight-week mark, I was full-blown depressed. I was being crabby with my wife. I wasn't interested in working out. I was eating like crap. I was barely making it to work on time. And even a couple days, this is two months in, I'm, I'm late because I just, I recognize that this is not for me, but I committed 90 days. In the last 10 days heading up to day 90, I got super excited and I, I thought I'd, I'm late for a call. So um, I just looked at my watch. I'm going to wrap this up. So I've actually, I'm a few minutes late for, for, a, for a call that I'm supposed to be on, but I'm going to finish this up because this is super important to me. I'm 10 days out. I'm 10 days from finishing banker training. And I feel giddy and I'm confused a little bit because I think that the giddiness is not coming from the fact that I'm about to quit. Like internally, I evidently had set that timer. But I, I, I thought that I was maybe getting giddy because I was going to get to be a banker. And so I was confused. I'm, wait, where am I happy? Where's this happening? Is it, is it because I hate classroom work? Is it because I dislike like being under the thumb of the district manager while I'm being trained? Is it because what, like, is it because I hate just like, I'm not a good employee. Is this not my gifting or my passions out here? Like what's going on? But, but I was confused, but I started to feel good. And so I thought, well, maybe I'll, I need to give this a week beyond. And so I actually finished a little bit early day 85. I finished all the coursework and they said, Hey, you're good to go. You've got one final test and we'll knock that out tomorrow and you'll be done. So day 86, I finished that and I was all finished. I had four days to go. Day 87, a local entrepreneur reached out to me and he said, Hey man, I need to get a loan. I need to get a loan because I have an opportunity to get a job. I know I can get the job. Like they've told me they'll give me the job, but I don't want to take it and ruin my reputation if I can't fund the materials to execute on the job. And I knew the guy, so I built out a loan application packet. I submitted it up, and as quick as I handed it off to a neighboring branch manager because I was going to be under review for a little while and I had to answer to somebody, she looked at it for less than five minutes and said, nope, this one won't work. Here's why A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And I thought, <laughs> this is not for me. 
I'm not going to be somebody who's paid professionally to squash the dreams of entrepreneurs. So I called the guy. I believed in him. I knew him. I've known him my whole life. And I said, how much do you need? I'm going to get out of work here in a little bit. I'll give you a call. I'll hook you up. I loaned him the money. He got the job, paid me back. It was not an issue. I was ecstatic to do that. That's where my heart was. Like I made, I, I made a little bit of cheddar, just a little bit of cha-ching helping the dude. Like money's a tool, it's not free, but I got to say yes to him. I got to see him execute and earn like crazy multiples over what it would have done. But all of this to make the point, I walked in the very next day and quit. I was escorted out of the building. When, when you quit at a bank, they take your keys and walk you out pretty much right then. I told her I wanted to quit. She made a phone call, called the regional manager. Regional manager called me and said, hey, what are you doing? Why are you quitting? I gave you, I gave you a higher base salary than I give somebody that's got a, a, a four-year degree and years of experience in banking. I don't understand. And what I couldn't articulate then was that that was not where my... That, like, that was not where my passions lied. And I'm not a good employee. But I felt like I was dying on the vine because I was doing something that my gut, that that voice was screaming, don't do this, this is not you. And I tried to change. I tried to be something I wasn't. I tried to operate in a capacity that wasn't in line with my passions and my giftings. I told myself this story that, well, maybe, maybe it's time for me to be an employee. I would make the greatest employee ever. I know exactly what their expectations for employees are. I'm a worker. I'll outwork anybody. But at the end of the day, I'm not, I'm not wired to be an employee. I'm not wired to be a banker. I'm not wired to be inside of that kind of structure. I'm wired to make massive impact, not, not micro. Like I, I'm, not, I'm not interested in, in helping just a couple people inside of a small circle. I want to I wanna move the masses. That's where my passions, that's where my skill sets align. And so my question for you is, where are your passions? And where are your skill sets? And forget about the money. This could be inside of your family. This could be inside of like whatever. It could be inside of your faith. Where can you execute with your passions and your skill sets that will cause great change? And how many of you are just sitting in a place that every single day you drag yourself out of bed and you fight it? You fight all these other things in your world, but you haven't figured out that really the problem is you've just missed your purpose. Because where you hit that intersection, that passion and skill set, where those two roads collide, that's where you find peace. Savvy. Mayweather, I never lose. I be making these hunts move.